Welcome to the Madison Church Podcast. My name is Stephen. I'm your host and the lead pastor of Madison Church. And today we are answering the question, how do I properly interpret the Bible? It is a big question, but it has a surprisingly simple and practical answer. Now, before we get to that question and answering it, I want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you're new with us, welcome. We release a semi-weekly episode. Once a week, we drop our uh, message or talk from the weekend. And then during about the middle of the week, we will put out another podcast in which I answer questions that come in through our connection cards during our Sunday gatherings. If you've already subscribed to the podcast, thank you very much. I have one more favor to ask, and that is, would you consider rating and reviewing our podcast? Rating and reviewing boosts us so that helps other people in and around the Madison and um, all over the place, really, who are searching maybe in Google for the answers to these questions. It helps them find us more quickly. So if you would rate and review, that would just mean a lot to me. It'd mean a lot to Madison Church. And you are likely listening to the episode that's going to get us download number 7,000. Yes, 7,000 downloads since we came out with this podcast a few years ago. It's awesome. I'm happy about it. Now let's get to our question for the day. How do I interpret the Bible? I want you to think of biblical interpretation uh, as a place, and and really two places. There's over there, which is the texture reading. So I want you to think of it like it's another town. It's the next town over. It's the texture reading, whether that's James, the Proverbs, Genesis, Matthew, uh, whether it's Paul or Jesus or Moses. Uh, I want you to think about them being in another town. And then there's where we are today. It's where you and I are. Not physically Madison. We are just in a different context. We are in a completely different place. We would call this our town. The first thing that we need to do when we are interpreting the Bible is to understand the text, the biblical text, as it was intended to be uh, understood to an original audience. What did the text mean to the original audience? What was the original author trying to communicate and this is the very first step. And in this step, we read the Bible and we, um, we carefully look at it. We observe it. Uh, we're asking questions about the text. And really, again, it is not about what's the application, what's, how is this practical to my life. It really is about understanding the original intention. This is the first step. It's the biggest step. It's very critical that we get this right because all of the other steps that come after it really depend on us doing a good job on step one. We're not trying to generalize in step one or develop theology just yet. We are just reading to understand what did it mean to the people who are reading it or being read the passage 2,000 years ago or longer. The second step, uh, after we have done that, we, we, we understand what the text meant to them. Next, we have to measure the width uh, of a river to cross, or what's the distance between them and us, and just really what are the differences. And we're talking things like culture. Well, you live in a Western culture, most likely. They lived in an 
Eastern culture. You live uh, with probably uh, seven screens at any given time in any room that you're in. They had no screens. You have tennis shoes. They wore sandals if they had them. Uh, we speak different languages. So the Bible is written in Greek and in some parts Aramaic and, and the Old Testament Hebrew, and we speak English. I mean, you might speak more than that, but most of us uh, listening to the podcast speak English. Time, again, obviously a big one because uh, we're reading this in 2021, and this was written a really long time ago. And then what's the situation? The situations are going to be um, very different. Uh, if we're going back, let's consider the Israelites wandering around in the wilderness. That's a completely different situation than what you likely find yourself in today. So we understand first what did this text mean to the biblical audience? And then we're saying, what are the differences? Because this is going to help us come uh, to the point of where we can understand it properly. Step three is we want to cross a bridge. So now that we know how big the river is, we can construct a bridge. And we want to ask the question, what is the theological principle to this text? So now we are starting to ask about theology. We know what the original author meant, or we think we do. We've, we've considered all of the contextual pieces, and now we're saying, okay, what is the theology? What is the message behind this, the greater uh, principle going on? Step four, this one is also very important. Uh, we don't just read a verse, we are reading a paragraph, and the paragraph is in a chapter, and that chapter is in a book, and that book is either in the Old or New Testament, but it's all compiled in the Bible. And so we need to, after we have figured out what it means to them, after we figured out some of the context stuff, after we think we've uh, figured out the theology bit, now we have to consult the biblical map. How does the theological principle that we're talking about fit in with the rest of the Bible? For example, there's, uh, we're told over and over again between Genesis and Revelation that you are not to test God. As a matter of fact, when Jesus is in the wilderness and he is being tempted and tested, one of the tests, one of the temptations that come at him is to throw himself off a building or temple and see that God will send angels to protect him. And Jesus quotes Deuteronomy, he says, don't test the Lord your God. And Jesus passed these different uh, tests that are going on. But we read in Malachi that the people had stopped tithing and they're told to test God with their tithe. They're told to go back and start tithing and to test God. So if we were looking at the Malachi passage, we would say, okay, well, we're looking at the rest of the biblical map. We're told not to test God, but here we are. What does this mean? We could then conclude based on the rest of the biblical text that this is the exception to testing God. The exception has to do with our finances when it comes to giving and being generous and being faithful and good stewards. Other than that, we shouldn't test God using this biblical map. Now, finally, um, after we've done all of this work, you know, what does the text mean to them? What are the differences? What's the theological principle? How does this theological principle fit in with the rest of the Bible? We get to the final question, which I think is the question that most of us are asking when we first read the Bible, and that's how should I live out what I just read? How should I apply this to my life? It's the so what question. Okay, you read the Bible, or you read this verse, you read this chapter, so what? What should I do with that? 
Now, we can obviously see where a lot of mistakes get made. You log on to Instagram or uh, Facebook and you see an image with a Bible verse on it, which somebody has positioned to support uh, their political leanings, right? Or th- how they view uh, society would be best. And uh, this happens all the time. It happens to new Christians. It happens to uh, people, mature believers, Uh, Across the spectrum, it happens, and usually it is because of a breakdown between steps one, two, three, four, and five. As a matter of fact, I would say the breakdown usually almost always occurs at step one, which is a misinterpretation, or where we'll rip something out of the Old Testament completely out of context, and we'll just throw it out there, and it's going to be messy. It's going to be muddled, and uh, that's how we do get in trouble, and that's how we do have bad theology. It's how we do get those um, big fights on social media or around the Thanksgiving table is usually because of that. Now, that's not to say that there won't be disagreements. You and I could read the same text. We could agree uh, on step one, what did the text mean to the original audience? We can uh, agree on step two, what are the different kind of uh, contextual issues? We can agree on step three, the principal bridge, you know, what is the theology? We could agree on step four, this is what the rest of the Bible says, and we could get to step five, and how should I live this out? And you and I could disagree. And how does that happen? Well, it could happen because perhaps as if you're me, I'm a 33-year-old dad of two and a half in Madison, Wisconsin, and perhaps you are not. You're not a man. You're, you don't have kids. You don't live in Madison. Uh, so we can come to different conclusions on how these principles should be lived out. Now, if we've both done our homework, we can feel pretty good at the end of it, even though we're disagreeing with how it should be best lived out. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you know, that we've made a mistake. It's completely possible to get to the end and have disagreements. It's completely possible for you and I to read something, to understand something and get to the end of it and say, well, I think that our conclusions are different. And this is, this happens all the time in the world. We're talking about research and um, when big mass research is done, we're collecting the opinions of people or um, medical data and medical trials And what we're doing is we're just collecting the data, which is kind of their step one, collect the data. And then we get to the end where we're interpreting the data. And then that's where you'll have different opinions in the medical world about how different issues or different uh, topics, different medicines, different prognosis. And this is what I do to prepare for messages. I begin by step one, what did this text mean when the person who was writing it to that original audience what what was what were they hoping to get out of it? Talking about the context, uh, the different things going on, and and throughout this series in Hebrews, I've mentioned several times that most of us are not Jewish, and so when the original letter was written, it was written to a primarily Jewish audience. So that should and it will absolutely affect and impact how we read Hebrews because we're not Jewish, and it was originally written to um, Jewish peoples. Crossing the bridge. What were the theological points? Uh, well, how does this deal with the rest of the Bible? I usually go back to Jesus on that on Sunday mornings. I'll, I'll look for something that um, connects us back to uh, Jesus as we are the church, we are the body of Christ, and I consider it like our job to point people to Jesus every week. And then five, it should also be applicable um, every talk we give. Now, sometimes that's easier than others, 
Uh, I hope this was helpful. Five steps to interpreting the Bible. So as you go ahead and read, you can read a verse, you could read uh, a paragraph, a chapter, and apply these five steps and be interested to hear with what you come up with. Uh, once again, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, I want to invite you to do that. We are nearing 7,000 downloads, our 150th episode as well. Uh, rate and review if you haven't already. It just helps us out a whole lot. And I want to invite you to be part of our in-person community Sundays at 5 p.m. Uh, at Madison Church, we don't just exist to produce content. That is a big part of why we exist, but a bigger part is for community and connection. And we would love to get to know you and to go on mission together here in Madison as we advance God's kingdom here in our home. Hope that you all stay well and have a great week.